Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So the Women's Football Podcast is back. We had a little bit of a break, but we are back now and we are going to jump straight into some Olympic talk. And later on in the show, we will have an interview with one of Orlando Pride's latest signings in Kylie Strom. So joining me today is Manchester United Women's Supporters Club founder, Natalie Burrell. How's things, Nat? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be back on the Women's Football Podcast Yes, and I'm sure we'll we'll have you back on soon to discuss all things uh, Manchester United because I know we've got a lot to talk about. Um, and we have also got Give Me Sport Women's Nancy Gill and how's things, Nancy? Yeah, good. Really busy with the Olympics, but it's it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, really good. Brilliant. Well, let's just jump straight into the Olympics and the women's football. I mean, rewinding back to the group stage and you know there were some really great games um I think that all the teams that people expected to progress to the quarterfinals did um and there were some massive games in those quarterfinals Nancy do you have any personal highlights from the group stage um I really enjoyed Sweden beating the US 3-0 just because (laughs) I think it wasn't that it was unexpected necessarily but I think, you know, there'd been a lot of emphasis of of the US being the team to beat. And then I think the fact they were beaten so heavily in the first game um, was just quite enjoyable. Um, I also really enjoyed Zambia's performances uh, because, again, I think they were kind of written off. Um, and even though they didn't progress, uh, you know, they I think they, they did themselves proud. And Barbara Brander getting back to back hat tricks is just you know that's such a ridiculous achievement um, I think she scored Zambia's first ever goal in the Olympics and then the fact she went on to score so many more is amazing so I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of her as well yeah but well, I was going to ask you guys about her because she was probably uh, one of the players that I yeah, I most enjoyed uh, watching playing um I mean let's just get it out of the way we've got to talk about team Great Britain um Going into the tournament, I know on the podcast we'd spoken about um, the group stages and everything. And I think in general, people were feeling confident considering that we were not in that, you know, group of death with Sweden, the USA and Australia. Now, how impressed were you with the group stage performances and that um, Team GB did manage to top the group? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I thought... um... Not that they struggle, but, you know, Canada, you know, look at them, they're, they're flying. Japan done really well. So I thought, um, you know, it'd be tough, not tough. I thought they'd get out of the group, but, you know, I thought maybe, you know, other teams would score a few goals past us and that didn't happen. You know, they kept a few clean sheets and only did concede one. But, you know, it was really impressive. Um, Ellen White was scoring loads of goals. Um, you know, I thought... It looked solid, you know, Kim Little and uh, Caroline Weir, they looked sort of like they'd shown up that that, that midfield. Um, and, you know, with, with the group that they were in um, compared to others, I thought, you know, and then even what, the, you know, the state they got through to the court, it looked kind of positive. Um, it's just so it was disappointing, but, you know, they started off really well and I thought, oh, they, they could be... Sort of not dark horses, but you know they could be the ones to to watch, and they could go on and uh, get to the medal positions. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably have the same opinion. I I 
I foolishly got myself far too excited about everything. Um, I mean, of course, Great Britain then went on to play Australia in the quarterfinals. It all came crashing down, defeated by Australia. You know, it was 2-2 at full time. Sam Kerr, of course, getting the winner. Nancy, do you think the fact that she got the winner made it even more painful? I think, yeah, especially if you're not a Chelsea fan. (laughs) You're so used to having Sam Kerr scoring against your team that it was just, yeah, painful for it to happen again. And then I think it was also quite frustrating because she's now such a known quantity uh, for British football fans and people know how dangerous she is. So just to watch some of the defending and the way they just gave her so much space, especially for that equaliser in the last minute. Um, I think that almost made it more frustrating because you knew those defenders played against her all the time or yeah. play with her. So it was it was frustrating that they, they knew her and still kind of let her, not let her score, but gave her the space to score. So yeah, it, it was definitely painful. Yeah, I think I found myself kind of shouting at the TV like, you guys know her, come on, like, <laughs> what are we playing at? Um, I mean, at times it was a game, you know, with some fine margins and I think Australia simply you know, took the chances, they found the back of the net. Now, looking, you know, at what's happened with Team GB, where do you think the blame lies here? Or do you think there's no blame anywhere? It's just one of those unlucky moments. I mean, I think it's hard because I think, like, the way it's all sort of panned out and the way, like, obviously she scored last minute, they should have known better, um, should have probably done better uh, defending. But it was unlucky, um, hit the post, but, and they missed that penalty, obviously. Uh, but I think that it, I won't say blame, but I think a lot of those players, the same players that we saw in 2019, there needs to be a change in the guard now. I think you're seeing it with other teams, other European teams, even with Australia, you know, uh, they're bringing through um, Mary Fowler and, you know, Ellie Carpenter. And I think with our team, we're not really seeing that. We're not really seeing the young players coming through as much. Leah Williamson is sort of playing, but it's more Stefan. Uh, Millie Bright that are playing, you know, week in, week out, that are there most of the time. And I think that's what we need to see now. I know we're not going to see Team GB for a while, but if we're talking sort of Lionesses, which a lot of them are made up of, I think we need to see, you know, Leah Williamson, uh, lots of Ruben Moore. I'm surprised we didn't see more of like Ella Toon. Um, obviously, I know Chloe Kelly is injured, but more of that. Ebony Salmon, Lauren James. Uh, the, the list goes on. There are players there. Hannah Hampton. Um, Sandy McIver, you want to see more of these players that we know they're good enough to play in the WSL week in, week out. So for me, it's time for, for England to get those young players in and, you know, say thank you to the ones that have that have done us so well. But for me, I think going into the Euros, I know we're not talking about that, but I think for England going into the Euros, I want to see a lot of, you know, these younger players coming through because it's just stopping the even younger players coming through after that, you know. So I think it's time uh, to maybe see a change in other guard and that's what I would blame for the reason why they went out. I understand where you're coming from. I feel like, um, you know, we, we've seen it work with, with other teams, um, male and female teams, where, you know, they've put the, the trust and the faith in the youth, you know, and, and it has paid off before. I mean, Nancy, how overall, how do you think Team GB performed in this tournament? What are your thoughts, you know, with them obviously now being out of the uh, competition? I think I think for the the group stage, um, I was very happy with it. I didn't I I expected them to get out the group stage, um, but I thought there was you know both Japan and Canada were both very tricky games, um, and I thought there were times 
that were, you know, GB were playing really, really well. And I thought like uh, Kim Little and Caroline Weir in, in midfield, the two Scottish players were making such a big difference to what essentially is an English team. Um, and then I think because of that, because I was I was quite happy with the performance in the group stage, my hopes had definitely kind of rocketed. Um, and it was just disappointing because we could have won that Australia game. Yeah, like Nat said, we hit the post and the kind of was a missed penalty and just silly defending at the end to let Kerr equalise. So I think that's put kind of a bitter taste on what was actually a relatively good tournament for a team that didn't really prepare, like hardly played any kind of preparation matches and, and don't normally play together anyway. And if you're kind of looking at England, came off the back of quite a run of pretty bad form, really. Um, so I think, yeah, I think exceeded expectations in a way, but then also because of the way we went out, we could have definitely probably gone on to the semi-finals. And then at that situation, you're definitely, you know, you're going for a medal, whether it's bronze, silver or gold. So I think a little bit of a bitter memory when I look back at, at this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you say, had you have at least got into a position where you're competing for a medal, it would have, yeah, it would have left everybody even if, even if we would have come fourth, at least, you know, you're in competition for a medal. But yeah, I, I agree. Very frustrating. I mean, um, of course, um, Ellen White, you know, she was brilliant for the team. She did score some really great goals. Nat, did she just prove exactly why she is such a vital player? I mean, I know you just touched on the Euros, but, you know, why she is such a vital player for this GB team, if they're going to be competing, you know, in further Olympics, etc. Um, and of course, you know, for England, looking at the Euros and the World Cup even. Yeah, I think she's sort of um, maybe put like a detractor like me sort of in my place. Like, no, she should still be getting selected and she's scoring all the goals. It was sort of her, her Olympics uh, in a way for Team GP. And I think she is a clinical striker. That's what she does. You know, you give her the ball, you service her and, you know, you'll get the goals. So I definitely think that, you know, she should still be in an on course for maybe making the the Euros, but that doesn't mean for me, I think there needs to be a lot of movement around her. Um, I know that, you know, the crosses into the box were, were excellent for her, but I think, you know, if, if there was more sort of chances created for her, how many more goals would she get? So um, I definitely would keep her in for England and then Team GB, yeah, if she's still out, if she, you know, four years from now, let's see. Um, but yeah, definitely keep her in for England next year. She did yeah. Well. Yeah, but I I would agree. I think definitely. Um, I I think for the Euros, what one hundred percent, and then I guess moving forward, I guess it's you know down to a fitness kind of thing. But um, obviously talking about Australia, they did go on to face Sweden in the semi-finals. They were defeated one nil. Nancy, what did you make of that game? Um, I thought Sweden were not as good as they'd been in um previous games. Like, I've been really impressed by Sweden. I think they've been great. Um, and I kind of thought Australia have been good, but, you know, I only kind of, they finished third in their group. I know it was our group, but yeah, finished third, um, had previously lost to Sweden, kind of scraped through, were quite fortunate to get through against Britain. And I thought they, Sweden might, you know, score kind of two or three goals, but I thought they looked, maybe it's, it's the energy kind of, you know, they were a bit tired because the Olympic tournament is, you know, they play games like so close to each other. That maybe Sweden were tiring slightly, but I thought, um, yeah, I kind of expected it to be a bigger margin. And I think if 
Australia, you know, if luck had gone their way, they potentially maybe have even managed to get it to a draw and, and extra time in pens or maybe even managed to get past Sweden. So, yeah, I was quite surprised by it, I think. Yeah, I would probably agree. I mean, looking at Sweden in this tournament, um, you know, topping the group, keeping a clean sheet against the USA, two wins over Australia. They've come a long way from the team that finished runners-up at Rio 2016. Nat, what have you made of them so far? Yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing. They've really um, got themselves together. I'm not saying that they weren't before, but they've really, you know, galvanised and, you know, just looked, on, you know, unbeatable you know at times I mean that 3-0 win versus America was 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 amazing um I think as well even the Australia won the first game was a bit shaky but you know they got there in the end and they, they just slowly ticked along and now they're in the gold medal match and I mean they were one of my I had them as silver uh but I think they they can go on and get gold now yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be surprised if if they did get that gold. Um, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling about them. I'm, I'm looking forward to that final. I know that much. I mean, talk about the Netherlands. Um, now got to talk about them because they were on absolute fire in the group stage with those results. You know, about twenty one goals they scored. Um, you know, Vivian Miedema scored eight of those. She then went on to score two more in the quarterfinals. She's on track to finish as top goal scorer of the tournament at the moment. Nancy, she has had quite a tournament to be proud of, hasn't she? I mean, obviously, despite the Netherlands bowing out in the quarterfinals and that missed penalty. But I mean, that aside, she's had an amazing tournament, hasn't she? Yeah, she really has. I mean, I'm such a big fan of Miedema. I think you know, everyone knows that that what is said, WSL, how good a striker she is. And she's just so, she just loves breaking records. <laughs> she just always seems to kind of be, you know, scoring the highest for her country or sc- scoring the highest in a single tournament. So she's, yeah, made Olympic history with her performance. You can't really um, argue with that. Um, and I think they were, they were quite unlucky as well, I think, to lose to the US in the quarterfinals. I think they'd probably be quite upset because I think, with Miedema scoring so freely, yeah, they, I think she'd be gutted that she scored that many goals and hasn't managed to even get a medal for it. But I suppose at least she's got, you know, that she's broken history at least. So when she looks back, at least she'll have that to kind of remember this Olympic Games by. Yeah, I mean, you may not have a medal, but you've broken records. So, you know, not too shabby, I guess. Um, now, we, we did just touch on it before, but I mean, second in the top, uh, goal-scoring leaderboard is, of course, Ellen White and also Zambia's Barbara Banda. Um, Nancy, you just mentioned it before. Um, you know, both women have scored six goals. Now, Zambia, I probably agree with you, Nancy, like you said, you know, they may have had a, a big loss or two, you know, especially against the Netherlands. But I'm, I if I was Zambian, I would be really proud about, you know, how they kind of held their own at times as well. Um and, you know, like you said, Banda became the first female player in the Olympic history to score back-to-back hat-tricks. The, f- the first to score two hat-tricks in one tournament. Um, you know, she's only 21. She's playing for a team that over in China that finished second last season in the Chinese Women's Super League. And I think she's really made a name for herself in this tournament. And I'm absolutely buzzing about it. I mean, Nat, are you excited to see what the future holds for her? She has played in Spain before. And maybe, you know, if she continues playing so well, maybe, you know, we could see her returning to Europe. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think she wasn't one that I was sort of um, looking out for. But then, like you said, back to back hat tricks, the first woman to to do it. Uh, she's really made a name for herself. Uh, I think definitely for people probably watching in Europe who might not have known, you know, who probably didn't watch the Spanish league as as intensely, might not have known. She's definitely um, on a lot of people's radars now. And you know, I think it's just the fact that she's playing with no fear, just going for it doesn't matter, Holland, China, don't care, I'm going to go out there and score, and I, I believe in myself, and, you know, I want to see her in Europe, 100%. I mean, I'd love to see her at a top team, I'd love to see her at my team, uh, I think we could do with her. Yes. In some goals, <laughs> a clinical, cl- clinical nature, I'd love it, and I just think, you know, hopefully uh, she can return. I mean, she she did big up this uh, Chinese Women's Super League and said it's really great out there, but for me, I think uh, I'd love to see her in, in Europe. I think she's just... She just blow it open and everyone will be talking about everyone will be talking about Zambia and uh you know, just seeing great players, especially in the English uh women's super league would be amazing. So sign for United. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it here first, everyone. Um I mean I, I love um you know, stories like these that come from tournaments where players that maybe not everybody was aware of, they get that moment kind of in the spotlight and they're remembered for something great. Um I think yeah, I love stories like that. Um and I mean, uh, going back to the Netherlands, of course, England fans will have had one eye on their coach, um, Serena Wagman, who will be leaving her position with the Netherlands to become England coach. Nancy, were you impressed? I was impressed, um, but I thought it was interesting that obviously the Netherlands scored loads of goals, as we've spoken about with Miedema scoring a ton. Um, and then, yeah, you know, a lot of the games were kind of like eight or 10 or like you know just crazy amount of goals but they also conceded quite a lot Mm. and I thought you know in the past I think one of the issues with England as we've seen with Team GB as well sometimes it's defensive errors that kind of that's when we slip up Um, so I thought it's quite interesting that probably the area that I'd say we need to fix the most uh, for England and the Lionesses is probably the defence and that's where the Netherlands looked a bit. They really reminded me of uh, Leeds in the men's Premier League, just like scoring loads and then conceding quite a yeah. lot as well. So I'm intrigued to see how that style kind of goes down. Um, it's fun to watch. It's entertaining. Um, you know, sometimes you rather those kind of matches than, you know, like really kind of boring defensive park the bus situations. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if she's going to do much to improve our defensive woes but she you know she's proven herself that she's one of the best managers around um I mean the Netherlands have European champions champions uh World Cup silver medalists you know they haven't got to that by fluke so I'm I'm still very excited for her to to come and hopefully uh take England to the next step yeah, I think I was the same. I was a little bit concerned. Um, but like you say, we should still be very positive because she has achieved so much. Um, you know, the, the Netherlands did bow out to the USA. Um, but I mean, that all in all, what did you make of the Netherlands? And obviously they will be without their coach um, that, that they've had with uh, so much success. But are you looking forward to still seeing, you know, what this team brings to the Euros next year as well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Viv's there, Jackie Groner's there, Daniel Venterdong, still quality players. So um, I think the defenders, you know, like Nancy said, they had a bit of a nightmare. But uh, I think if teams are going to score 10 goals, then you've got to be excited with what they're going to bring. And then if they're conceding about four or five, it's, it's going to be end to end. And, you you know, if it's just going to be all out attack, um, 
you know, that's what I love to see. That's what you love to see as a neutral anyway. So I'm excited to see what they bring. I'm excited to see their new manager and what, what he does. Uh, Mark Parsons from uh, Portland. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see what he does with them, whether he can uh, shore up that defence. Then obviously they'll be frightening. But yeah, they've got young talent coming through and they're giving them a chance. So, you know, it's exciting to see. I think it's going to be really good, Euros. Yeah, I, I agree. I literally cannot wait. Um, I'm so, so excited for it next year. Um, I mean, speaking of the USA, they went on to face their neighbours Canada in the semi-finals. They were knocked out of the tournament, meaning that after reaching the final of every women's Olympic football event since its introduction in 1996, the US have now failed to reach the final in successive games. I mean, you know, watching the game, the USA did have a lot of shots. They were dominating possession at times, but they simply just could not find the back of the net. I mean, Nancy, on the whole, what did you make of their performance at the Games? Because I can only imagine how absolutely fuming they were in that dressing room after that. Because as we know, especially with the Olympics, the USA like their medals, don't they? Yeah, and they just love to win. Like, that's their whole... You know, I think sometimes it can come across as arrogance, but it's yeah. that, that mentality, that winning mentality that has helped them win so much. Um, and obviously, yeah, they would not have taken it well. Um, I think in terms of the performance, I, I wasn't actually that surprised. Like I said, with the, the Sweden game, I did think that the team, the squad they picked, not in, a, not in an offensive way to them because they are already good players, but it was a slightly ageing um, squad. I think there were a lot of young younger players that they could have started bringing in. Um, you know, I think a lot of people said, "Is this the last tournament for the likes of like Carly Lloyd and Megan Rapino and and some of those players?" But you probably, you probably could have argued that it should have been the 2019 World Cup. They should have started bringing in new players, um, the younger players for this Olympics. Um, so because of that, I can't. You know, I kind of thought that they would struggle. And I think after the group stage, I think they actually exceeded my expectations by beating the Netherlands. I thought they would lose to the Netherlands. Um, so in my opinion, they actually did quite well getting to the semi-finals. Um, and yeah, ultimately it wasn't too surprised that they did get knocked out. But I think, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be, I think this is probably still going to be kind of an odd tournament out for them. Like I can't really see I know some people have really called for the manager to go. I don't know if necessarily that should happen, but I think they just need to start bringing in, in the younger players. And I'm sure at the 2023 World Cup, they'll still be as kind of fearsome as ever, because uh, probably because of that kind of winning mentality they've got. You know, I don't think this is kind of going to be a downhill trend for them. But um, yeah, I, I imagine they're going to be very disappointed and, and will be doing everything they can to get the bronze. Yes, definitely. I mean, if they if they do not get that bronze, heads are going to be rolling. I can imagine they will not be happy. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it is not. I mean, I'm sure for the USA, it will feel like the end of the world because, like you say, they just have that competitive nature. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think if they bring in a few new fresh faces, I think um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they can turn their fortunes around. If you want to put it that way. Um, but I mean, you know, Canada have been brilliant. And, you know, when you look at their team, there are some really talented players there. Now, who stood out for you in this Canada team? I think for me, uh, Jesse Fleming has really stood out, uh, attacking, wanting to go for it, which picked up the ball versus America, put it down and, you know, scored. Obviously, it's Christine Sinclair, who's a captain, uh, still doing it, still still repping. But I think it's that youth and experience. I think you've got young players. Uh, I think the defender, Chapman, is really good as well. Um, but then that, they've still got that experience next to them. So I think, 
you know, the experience has a guide in them, but the young players have, have that sort of extra fire. And that's what I think you need when you, you, you know, you play in these kind of tournaments. You need the young ones with no fear, but then you need the older heads to sort of guide uh, those young ones along. And I think they've got the perfect mix of youth and experience. And, you know, no one would have put Canada as in the gold medal match. So they're there and they deserve to be there and they're just slowly going about the business. And, you know, if, if they won the gold, I won't be surprised either, you know, because I think they're very hard to break down and they're doing a great job. And uh, the, the manager, Bev Priesman, we had her in 2019 uh, in for the Women's World Cup for England. And, you know, it's like the one that got away a bit, isn't it? Because look at how she's sort of brought a team together and... Uh, now they're fighting for gold, so they'd be definitely delighted, um, and I'm really uh, happy for them that they've got this far. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm really happy to see them uh, doing as well as they have. Um, I mean, Nancy, we spoke about how devastated the USA will be, but you know, how huge is this victory for Canada? Because I mean, um, they scored with their only shot on target to beat their neighbours for the first time since March 2001, which is massive, isn't it? Yeah, so big. And I think um, it must be quite frustrating to kind of be the neighbour, um, you know, in the shadow of the US's dominance because yeah. the US is so big and Canada just haven't really been able to have a look in. And I think it's amazing as well because obviously the US have the NWSL, so they've got that domestic league and a lot of ca- Canadians do play in that league, but Canada don't have their own kind of like professional domestic league. So I think to have that, you know, to be able to still beat the US, obviously a lot of their players are exported around the world, but you don't have that kind of base league yourself, I think is also really amazing. Um, And yeah, fair play to them, because I think they've got a really, really good squad, very young squad as well. So yeah, I think this is a kind of real benchmark result for them. Yeah, it is. And I mean, what one of the uh, the really great stories that has, um, you know, come out of the, the women's football at the Olympics is that, you know, Canada will be taking home at least silver, meaning that their midfielder, Quinn, will be the first openly transgender athlete to win an Olympic medal. Canada and Quinn won bronze in Rio 2016 before Quinn came out in September 2020. Now, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Because this is a really special moment, isn't it? Not just in women's football not just in football but just in the sporting world isn't it yeah and I think there's a lot of people talking and you know you know we see on social media there's a lot of people that speak negatively but this is just going to be positive for like young kids watching all around the world young people who want to be themselves even older people who probably you know feel like they can't come out and obviously you know it's going to be that inspirational moment and I think uh Football, it has a lot of inspirational people and inspirational moments. So, you know, I'm happy that it's a football player that, that's doing it um, because, you know, it's a sport that we love. I love the most. So it's, it's good to see and it's good to see positive stories in football. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud and happy. And, you know, like you said, sort of makes you want to cheer for them for the gold in a way. Yeah, it, it does. You're right. I mean, um the fact that they'll be getting a, a medal no matter what, I think is great. Um, and, it, and I mean, looking at Canada and their journey, uh, they did, of course, beat Brazil on penalties. Now, I was thinking, you know, when you look at Sweden and you look at Canada, who finished runners-up and third in the last Olympics, you know, it's very obvious that they've stepped up their game. I mean, they've both got to the final. Now, 
Nancy, Brazil came fourth in 2016. So I guess when you look at Sweden and Canada and the moves that they have made, were you expecting a little bit more from Brazil? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Brazil is such a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. They are always a good team, but you do they always seem to kind of miss out. And I feel like just sad for Marta as well. Yeah. I feel like she should have much more international glory than she she actually she's managed in her career um and she you know the, for long periods of time I mean there's great players now like Dabina and um I mean the fact that Famiga is also still playing when she's in her 40s as well was incredible but Marta's been the one that's kind of really like dragged that team along sometimes yeah um so yeah I think it's it is a shame um for them that they couldn't go further and further and again I think they played really well this tournament and they were maybe quite unfortunate to go out on penalties because again that is just you know that is it can go either way um we could be talking about Brazil now in the medal final and and you know they've definitely got a medal so it's just you know the small margins um so they're quite unlucky but yeah disappointing for them and really I'm just sad for Marta to be honest <laughs> yeah same it is um yeah I, I do feel a, a bit sorry for her and I also feel sorry for uh, for their number 11 who coincidentally is called Angelina um she didn't actually play in the Olympics to my knowledge anyway but uh but yeah poor Angelina as well I feel bad for her <laughs> <laughs> I mean looking at these final two games um the USA will face Australia for the bronze medal um start with you Nat but who do you reckon is taking this one home um it's gonna be tough um I don't know. I, I want to go for Australia. Um, I just want to. I, I don't think it's arrogance from the USA, but it's a bit. So it makes me. It will probably make me a bit happier. Sorry to the USA fans if <laughs> if, if they did lose. So I'm going to go Australia. I think Australia have just been a bit more about them. You know, scoring mm. goals. Sam Kerr looks looks really good on fire. Um, like I said, uh, Mary Fowler. She looks really good. That goal that she scored versus. Uh, Team GB was amazing. So for me, I've got to go, go for Australia. Yeah, I mean, the USA, They've looking at the Olympics on the whole, I mean, they've got enough medals. They don't need another one, really, do they? Nancy, yeah, what do exactly. you reckon? I also would really like Australia to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, sorry to any US fans. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think the US are the stronger team, but I think Australia will be really encouraged that they drew in the group stage. Um, that probably makes the US a little less intimidating. And I mean, they do have some, you know, they've got Sam Kerr. They've got that kind of player who can just get the ball and, and score a goal and change the game. So I'm going to back Australia as well. I think it'd be nice to see them get a medal. Yeah, um, I tend to agree with what you're saying. It's I feel like the USA will just, I don't know, I've got like ideas of like, you know, like Rocky montages of them training, just like so <laughs> yeah. focused on this bronze now. Um, but yeah, I would really like to see Australia um, get a medal. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, we've got Canada and Sweden facing each other in the final. Um, both of you feel free to jump in. Uh, start with you, Nancy. But um, Nat, if you've got any any comments, feel free to mention them. But wh where do you guys think this game will be kind of won and lost? Um, and are there any players in particular that you're expecting to, to shine and put in a good shift in this final? I think... Um... 
Sweden's attack, I think that is where it's going to come down to. I think when they've really got attacking well, they've been really hard to stop. I think I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, but Black Blackstinius. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she has just been in such good form. She's been, you know, scoring some really important goals. So I think she is probably going to be the player that could, um, you know, if Sweden are, are attacking well and she's in good form, then I think that's how it'd be won. Um, I think Christine Sinclair as well, as always, is a really important player for Canada just because she's got that leadership. I thought it was really um, amazing in the semi-final when uh, Canada had the penalty and she's a normal penalty taker and she gave it to um, Jessie Fleming. Like she had that leadership to kind of be like, this is, you know, she's the best person for the job and trusted like such a young player to to do the job. Um, so I think having that kind of calm head on the pitch will really, really, really benefit Canada. Um, so, yeah, I think Canada need to be on it defensively, I think, to kind of stop Sweden's charge. Yeah, I think Roloff as well for Sweden. I think she, the, the, the wonder strike that she did during the group game, she's been really good. So has uh, Aslani for, for uh, I think she's just sort of gone under the radar, not many scored many goals, but, you know, putting in good shift and, you know, she's done it for Madrid and now she's doing it for Sweden and, yeah, um, uh, I agree with the names that uh, Nancy mentioned for for Canada. Though they're, they're, those two will be key for them uh, in attack and taking their chances when they need it. Definitely. Have we got any any predictions for this one? What are you guys thinking? Well, it's a really tricky one. I'm, I'm saying Sweden to win. Um, I think it will be close, but I think Sweden Sweden are going to get the gold, and I hope they do get the gold because I I think they've been the best team in the tournament I think they deserve it yeah I'm gonna go Sweden 3-1 I'm gonna put Ooh, my 3-1 yeah I think it will be tight though I do I don't think they'll like sort of dominate it I think it might be like 1-1 at half time but then I just think Sweden towards the end I'll just you know win it yeah I think uh yeah I think looking at the two teams I think I'd I'd probably put Sweden just ahead of Canada you know thinking of their performances and stuff like that but um but yeah, it's going to be a, a very exciting final. I think it's going to be a very tense battle for that bronze as well, as I've stated. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think it's been a, a great Olympic uh, tournament in the women's football. Um, and yeah, I'm almost not looking forward to it finishing, but I'm also looking forward to uh, getting back to the domestic leagues Um as before you know it, it will just be around the corner that we're back with the Women's Super League and all the other leagues. Um, But yeah, on the whole, a very exciting Olympic tournament. So this week on the Women's Football Podcast, we have Kylie Strom joining us. Kylie, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Of course, things have changed since we last spoke, but before we get into it and the new move and everything like that, let's chat a little bit about Atletico now. Of course, Atletico Madrid didn't get Champions League football. However, personally for you, was it a good season? You know, you guys won the Supercopa de España. Do you still have some like really fond memories of the campaign? I've thought about this a lot because, mm. yeah, when you think about it, we didn't make Champions League, which is a huge failure in our eyes. Um, really disappointing. But when you kind of like take a step back and, and look at it, it wasn't all that bad. I mean, mm. everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. But at the end of the day, we won the Supercopa. Um, we beat Barcelona a couple of times, yeah. um, which not many teams can say. True. So, yeah, it, I have a lot of good, good memories of Atletico. 
So yeah. yeah, I really hope that, you know, this next year they can kind of rebuild a bit and hopefully be back in Champions League soon. I was going to say, will you be supporting from afar as like your Spanish team, perhaps? A thousand percent. Yeah. It, it's funny, you know, you, you get to a place, you know, I was only there for two seasons, but, you know, you really do grow to, to build a bond with the club, with obviously the players, the girls. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be following the games for sure and, and rooting for them. Fantastic. Now, of course, you mentioned Barcelona and I know we've spoken on the podcast before about you guys, you know, getting a win over them, ticking that box, very good moment in the season. Um, Of course, Barcelona did win in Europe. They had a very successful season, um, especially in the Champions League. Um, I went back and forth with my predictions. I was thinking, could they win it? Maybe they won't. I don't know what's going on. It was very entertaining. Um, I mean, looking at the Champions League, um, especially when you look at um, you know, the moves that Leon have been making in this transfer window, It's I think there's a bit of a statement going on to say we're not going to trip up again. But do you expect Leon to be out in full force in the Champions League? And have you got any early predictions about the, the new seasons ahead in Europe? I personally think we've seen a bit of the changing of the guard. Mm. Um, I think Barcelona um, was next level this season. Yeah. And they've also made you know, some some signings as well. So I think to become a better, well-rounded team overall. So I don't know. I think Barcelona is going to dominate the league domestically for sure. And then, yeah, I think they're the team to be in, in Champions League this year. Uh, Lyon has definitely, you know, they're not going to give it up easily. And I think they realize, you know, what they need to do to, to stay on top. So I think it's going to be really, really exciting. But my my votes with, with Barcelona. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be tough to see who can actually uh, be, especially on that European stage. Um, I guess when you look at some of the teams around, I'm, I'm interested to see how Manchester City do with some of their signings and things like that. But I just think, you know, Barcelona, it's it's going to take a going to take a lot to to see them to see them beat, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's it will happen eventually, but it, it will be interesting to see how how it actually happens as well. And I mean, you know, Barcelona did have a great season. Um, how important do you think achievements like theirs are? I mean, I was a bit gutted that they didn't get those 100 points. I was a little bit gutted for them, like, oh, you were so close. But then, like, the other side of me was like, well, look at everything else you've achieved. So, you know, be happy with what you've got, guys. But, um, you know, how important do you think achievements like theirs are in terms of getting more game, getting more eyes on the game, you know, like worldwide, but also in, in Spain as well to see, especially when you look at the season that Barcelona's men have had, there's obviously been a lot of dramas going on, that seeing the women's game and that Barcelona team do so well, it's pretty important, isn't it? It's incredible, um, the season that they had. And like you said, they accomplished, they broke records, accomplished almost everything you can accomplish. So I mean, obviously they were rivals of ours, but um, really, really amazing to watch. And mm. yeah, I think they honestly, Barcelona, this Barcelona team gained a lot of respect for women's football. Like yeah. it wasn't only the the things that they achieved, but the way they achieved it. So, you know, they're just so obviously talented. It's, their talent is undeniable. So I would love like any woman football hater to to watch a game of theirs and you know see what they have to say because the the talent there and the skill and in everything is is undeniable it's incredible mm, it it really is um and I mean you know we'll we'll step away from you know talking about Spanish football now because of course like I I mentioned 
We've got some big news. You have made a move. You are now an Orlando Pride player. Congratulations. Um, what made you want to make the move and kind of how, how has it all come about? It must have been a crazy packing your life up in Spain and moving back to the States and everything. I imagine it's all been a bit wild. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy oh, only a only a couple of weeks, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and everything's kind of changed. But yeah, it was it was definitely a difficult decision. Like I loved playing in Europe. I loved Atletico, have a lot of good memories and experiences there. But at the end of the day, you know, it's to have the opportunity to play in front of my family and friends um, and then to join a team like Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're star studded, um, have been having a really great season. So it was one of those things that it was, you know, really hard to say no to. Um, it was such a good opportunity. And then, yeah, it kind of came about. It's it's funny how things work out because um, last year, the NWSL, the season didn't really go, go on. They had a mini tournament, but um, didn't have a full on season. So a lot of the players went on loan to European teams. And we actually had a girl um, on loan at Atletico from Orlando. So obviously they were kind of keeping an eye on her and, and all of that. And I think they were like, oh, wait a minute. Like, who's this American girl yeah. playing for Atletico? So I think that's kind of like where the interest stemmed from. So it's it's just kind of funny. You know, it's like one of those things you never really know, you know, who's watching or when an opportunity might come. So yeah, it's been a wild couple of weeks. I, I came right here and yeah, just kind of jumped right into it, getting settled with the team. So, so I'm really excited. Amazing. Yeah, that is right. You know, footballers, aspiring footballers listening, you never know who's watching. I mean, that sounds a bit creepy when I say that, but you like, you, you do, you, you never know like who's watching, what kind of opportunities. Um, yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing though. Really happy for you because I mean, you must be happy to be back playing in the USA so so happy you know it's it's funny like I I don't think I realized how much I miss being in the U.S. and like being able to understand everything and like being able to communicate everything like how I'm actually (laughs) feeling like and it's even just the little things like going to the grocery store and you know being familiar with all the different brands and know exactly what I'm getting I relate to you on that 100 percent yeah to see a, a brand that you know is such a yeah. great you could cry almost in the supermarket yeah <laughs> I know. like I was I swear I went to the grocery store and spent like two hours in there I was just so <laughs> happy like people were like what is this girl <laughs> don't even want to think about how much but, you spent at the checkout <laughs> oh my gosh yeah you know you don't want to know but uh it's yeah it's it's been a breath of fresh air it's been it's been so nice yeah I mean is there anything that you'll miss about Spain I mean you know I'm thinking the churros you know stuff like that there's gonna there's gotta be what something that you're gonna miss for sure for sure I'm gonna miss a lot uh, a lot about Spain we were joking the other day um like so there's a Spanish place a Spanish restaurant and they love like you know like their bread with tomato for breakfast mm. and you usually spend like you get that with like a coffee and a churro for like three euros yeah and over here you do the same thing and it's like twelve dollars and you're yeah. like <laughs> so I just like can't bring myself to like it's the principle of it yeah, I'm sure uh, yeah. it's good, but I just can't I no. can't do it so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna miss a lot about Spain the food the culture 
but you know I, I'll definitely go back and visit no doubt yeah 100% um, I mean talking about you know the, the football now of course in the NWSL they're roughly you know kind of like at a midpoint of the regular season is it strange to maybe come into a new club at that time is it a little bit like you've been dropped into the deep end or that's exactly what it feels like yeah. honestly uh, it's it's hard coming in middle of the season because you know they've obviously been together for months and you know have spent a lot of time together learned a lot about each other on and off the field so to kind of come in they're like you know who is this girl what is she doing here <laughs> but, uh, but no everybody's been super super welcoming super inviting you know have been really helpful in trying to you know integrate me into the team quickly so yeah it's it's been it's been exciting it's been a whirlwind but exciting and we actually have a few other girls who are in the same position as me who have just joined us mm. so yeah, I'm, I'm not alone, which always makes yeah. it better. That's good, definitely. Uh, I guess it's kind of like if you're a kid that is like moves to a new school or something and it's halfway through the school year, you're like, oh, a bit nervous. <laughs> but I guess it's good you've got other people there. And obviously, you know, I'm sure the club are really supportive of making sure you're settled in and everything. Um, and I mean, you made your debut recently against Racing Louisville. Uh, how, how was that debut for you? It was super exciting. I mean, I had only been with the team for a few trainings, so I wasn't really sure, you know, what to expect, you know, how the game was going and everything. Um, so, yeah, we were down one nothing. We went down early in the game. Um, there was about five minutes left, and, you know, I'm a defender. So um, yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, okay, I'm just maybe chilling for the rest yeah. of the game. <laughs> and then I, they call my name, and I was like, oh, like, me? Me? <laughs> you want Yeah like okay like let's do this so yeah I think I went in for like five ten minutes I just kind of ran around like a crazy person I don't even know if I touched <laughs> the ball but <laughs> but yeah we were able to to tie it up to equalize so it was like super exciting yeah it was, yeah overall I'd say a good debut I don't know if I touched the ball but you know I was there so <laughs> listen you know that you were there that's all that matters you, yeah, you, your yeah, name was on you know was was on some kind of team <laughs> sheets that's all that matters and you enjoyed yourself yeah. who cares <laughs> yeah it was a good time exactly um I've been looking at Orlando Pride and the players that they have in there and you're among some pretty amazing company. I mean, we've got World Cup winners, Champions League winners, you know, some real legends. And was that an exciting feeling knowing, you know, you, you get a call saying that this club is interested in you, you know, that must be one of the things you think about. And was it, you know, an exciting feeling knowing that, like sat on the plane thinking, I'm going back to America to be playing with some pretty inspirational women? It's, it's crazy to think about because, you know, I... I mean, they're not so much older than me, but I still, you know, like idolize them. Yeah, like, I of course. Have, I have a picture with like Sydney LaRue when I was younger, you know, and I was like, wow, this is like, I was like starstruck. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And now I'm like, you know, like, oh, hey, Sid, what's going on? You know, like, as if <laughs> and like, in your own head, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like fangirling hard, but <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a huge honor to play with these women because yeah, not only are they, you know, ballers on the field, but then huge inspirations off the field as mm. well and doing some really cool things. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, to get to know them better. Yeah, definitely. That must be, I'm, I'm very jealous. It must be an amazing feeling. And I mean, you know, we've got to talk about Marta, who is your new teammate. I'm actually saying that. Um, arguably, you know, one of the most influential, most talented people, footballers on this planet, you know, 
you look at some of the the records that she's got, not just in women's football, but in football across the board, and it's just mind blowing. I mean, she must it have to be an amazing person to have in your dressing room. Is it one of those moments where you're kind of like, oh my god, this is she's real? Like, wow, oh my god, this is happening. Like, it must be crazy. Right. Like, yeah. So unfortunately I haven't been able to meet her. I just missed her because she, she went off to the Olympics. So like that. Oh God. Having to play at the Olympics, you know, (laughs) yeah. Casual. Yeah. Casual. So yeah, I haven't gotten to meet her yet, but like you said, I mean, she's an absolute legend. So, you know, when I meet her, I'm going to have to like be cool, be cool. But (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. And yeah, from what I've heard, you know, obviously we really miss her on, on, on the pitch and then in the locker room as well. She seems like a super fun personality. So, so we're really, really looking forward to meeting her. Yeah, I can Im- I'm looking forward to, for you meeting her. You're going to have to tell me like what she's like. I'm so excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll let you know for sure and keep you posted. I always think like this must be what it's like for like, I guess like normal people meeting celebrities and stuff. It's all so exciting. <laughs> Yeah. You just calm oh down. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, like we say, you've made this amazing move and massive congratulations to you. Um, of course, you know, the, the club have got their goals, but do you have any personal goals for the rest of the season that you're focusing on? So last time I was in the NWSL, it didn't end so well. Um, okay. I got cut. So. Yeah. <laughs> so my first goal is to, to make to it not get the cut. So it can only go up. It yeah, only the, go the up. only way is up at this point, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, overall, I mean, I just, I just want to come in and help the team any way I can. Um, You know, they've obviously had a really good season. So really looking forward to, you know, just getting integrated into the team as quickly as possible. And yeah, see, see what we can do this season. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I mean, being back, um, you know, in the US playing your football, have you noticed any differences or similarities versus things in Spain or across Europe in general or, or not so much? Because I know we've spoken before about how, you know, the, the US have been taking women's football a lot more seriously for a much longer time. And, you know, things are kind of maybe on a different level in certain aspects over there. So I think in in terms of, you know, the growth of the game and stuff, it's a super exciting time to be a part of the NWSL. Mm. I mean, we have two new teams entering next year. And yeah, just I think the hype overall around the the game here in the U.S. is is really exciting. And with the Olympics, too, as well, like Mm. people are really getting behind us to support it. So super exciting for that. And then in regards to like styles of play, I don't think there could be two more opposite styles. (laughs) So I think like after my two seasons in in Atletico, finally maybe like the last couple months, they stopped shouting at me like Kylie tranquila, <laughs> and then I think like coming here, I don't think calm exists no. in their dictionary. <laughs> so like for me, I think it's gonna take a bit of time to to find that balance and you know kind of adjust to that. So. Yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess with experiences from both, you'll be able to mix it together and, you know, ha- have the best of both worlds, hopefully, and be able to be I, a bit more tranquila when, when necessary, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, well, fingers crossed for you. Um, I mean, you are, of course, you're up against, you know, a lot of great teams, but of course, you know, North Carolina Courage, who have won the NWSL Shield three times, the championship twice. Um 
how excited are you about hopefully you know being a part of the of a team that is really going to be challenging teams like North Carolina and potentially, you know, fingers crossed for you, getting some silverware as well. This league is is pretty crazy because right now there's four points that separate the team in first it's, place. It's looking tight at the minute, yeah. Yeah, super tight. So, yeah, I know it sounds corny, but in this league, like, really any team can be anyone on any given day. Yeah. And yeah, I think historically, like Orlando has been a team who's been kind of like star studded, but have never really, you know, achieved Mm. or like reached their potential. And I think this year, like they've had the best start in club history. So I think they can, you know, kind of taste that, Mm. taste a bit of that silverware. So yeah, we're, we're hungry to, to win that. We'll, we'll see how it, how it goes and see if we can, you know, overcome some of these top teams that are used to defending that. Thing, I mean, yeah, fingers crossed for you. Very, very exciting. There's nothing, well, I, I mean, as a player, it's probably a bit stressful, but I know as, as a viewer, there's nothing more exciting than a, a, a league table that is so competitive like that. Um, I mean, I remember when the uh, when the Scottish League actually started back up after COVID, you know, like the, the Glasgow Rangers and Celtic, they, it was so, 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 so close. And it's like, it was just... I, I I love it as long as it's not my team involved in it which at the, mo- <laughs> yeah. at the moment my team are not involved in anything like that so at the top of any table so uh, yeah. you know it's it's great to watch uh definitely and fingers crossed you guys you know do you get your hands on some silverware because I'm not being funny but looking at that team I'm gonna have to have words with somebody if if we're not you know getting silverware in the next few years you know what I mean um, yeah. I mean of course, you've not been the only transfer this summer. Um, you know, big clubs have been making big moves. Um, have there been any transfers in particular that have excited you? I mean, I know for me, despite being a Manchester United fan, Khadija Shaw jo- joining the Women's Super League, that for me was my big like, oh my God, I am so excited. Even if she's wearing blue, it's fine. She's <laughs> technically in my hometown of Manchester. This is amazing. Did you have anything, any transfers that excited you or...? Uh, I hope you don't uh, those words don't come back to haunt you. I know, <laughs> honestly, when she scores a hat trick against Manchester United yeah. in the derby, and I'm sat somewhere crying, <laughs> rocking, you know, having to rock myself to sleep or something, I'll then yeah, I'll then think, Angelina, why did you say that? That's out for the yeah. world to know now. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe maybe she she heard you and she'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll yeah, give it's, it's Angelina. We'll, I'll be kind to United. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's hope, but. I mean, yeah, there's been a a lot of awesome transfers and stuff. And I think just overall, like, it's cool to see that, like, people, like, teams are paying for for women's players, like, not just, like, pennies, like, big bucks, you know, Mm. like, Nikita Paris going to Arsenal. I think that's, you know, such a cool move. I think, yeah, I think the WSL might be be the place to be I think that league's going to be super exciting like a lot of the it seems like a lot of the English players are going back you know Tony Duggan going back to to Everton so I think that's going to be an exciting league to watch it definitely will be and without talking too much about my team Manchester United let's hope that some signings are made so that we are at least competing with all of them (laughs) I mean now um you're you're a Liverpool fan 
um but you know we've 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 made our peace with that we're not falling out about it or anything like that because we're, we're we're not those types of people you know but um they finished third in the championship um they've got Matt Beard back he's made some good signings so far do you think that we could finally see Liverpool not just challenging at the top of the Champions League as we've uh, Champions League Championship even that's wishful thinking um the championship as we've seen recently but actually you know getting closer to that promotion to be back in the women's Super League are you excited about this? Yeah, I mean, I really, really hope that, you know, Liverpool can not only, like you said, win the, the um, win their, or get promoted into the WSL, but like at the end of the day, they shouldn't only be in the WSL, they should be competing yeah. in the WSL and even like the champions, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like they, they have the resources to, to be able to do that. So, you know, I think we've seen in the women's game, like once you do invest in, in the women's game and really get behind them, like you are getting the rewards. So, yeah. you know, I, I really hope that in the near future, we can see Liverpool competing at that level. Yes, definitely. Back to Merseyside derbies and yeah, facing yeah. Man United. Well, I guess, you know, Man United and Liverpool haven't really faced each other that much in the women's game. So it'll be... Yeah, it's, it, it'll all be very, very exciting to see, most definitely. Um, and I think the the championship, when you look at some of the teams, you know, it's even even that alone, like you say, with the Women's Super League doing so well, it's just getting more and more competitive in England. It seems like things are finally starting to to kind of catch up with with other parts of Europe, which is is very exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to say congratulations once again on the move to Orlando Pride. I shall be watching, cheering you guys on. Um, I've got a feeling it's good. You know, you're going to have an amazing time uh, just with some of those players and getting a few autographs and a few pictures alone will be great, <laughs> let alone all of the football. Um, but I'm sure we'll catch up with you again um, as your season continues and hopefully we'll have some uh, some exciting things to celebrate and to talk about. Yeah, it sounds great. Thanks so much. So that is everything for today's Women's Football One Football Podcast. Big, big thank you to my guests, to Nat and Nancy, and of course to Kylie Strom for joining me. As always, if you do want to get in touch, it is podcast at onefootball.com and make sure that you head to Spotify, Apple Music, etc. to hear more from One Football. <laughs>